Welcome to the United Church Podcast. We're a new church here in Seattle committed to an ethic of love and walking in the ways of Jesus. We're striving to be a people united, united with Jesus, each other, ourselves, and the world around us. We hope you're encouraged and challenged by this week's homily. May the peace of Christ be with you. Mark 1, 9-15 At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness forty days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Eighteen years ago, my friend Tim gave me this book and said, this got me through the desert. I hope it gets you through too. Streams in the desert. I had found myself in the proverbial desert. I, I, I couldn't tell which way was up or down. I couldn't tell my right from my left. And as I told Tim, I, I, just, I just didn't know where God was. Now, I, I felt like he had abandoned me, like he had left me out to dry. I've been there, Tim said. Tim was a chaplain at the local nursing home. His kids were my age, and I knew that he had experienced some things. He'd, he'd been through the ringer himself in his own journey with God. I know what it feels like to wander into the wilderness, he told me, to wonder whether God is even there. And, and while Tim was so gracious and generous, so kind and caring, so tender and gentle with me, I, I brushed him aside and descended even further into the wilderness. I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't shake the questions. And while Tim's presence was comforting, and beautiful. I, I couldn't shake the questions. The questions, he said, that I could only answer for myself. I wondered where God was in the midst of my pain, my loneliness, why God remained so silent, so absent. Have you ever felt that way? I, I think we all have, honestly. I'm, I'm just not sure that we've all actually named it. We're all in the midst of our own wilderness, aren't we? Occupying this strange space as a community, as a city, as a country. For nearly a year now, this pandemic has raged around us. We have been surrounded by an immense amount of death, an immense amount of suffering and pain. We've lost friends, we've lost family, or, or know someone who has. We're all pretty much at the moment two degrees of separation away from death in the midst of this pandemic. And it's, it's unfathomable. I, I, I don't even think we have the categories in our minds or in our hearts to actually comprehend the level of loss that surrounds us in this wilderness. And yet, we've also had differing experiences as well, right? Right? 
We talk with friends and family who brush it all aside, even though they too have been impacted by the death. They've seen friends die, neighbors not come home, and despite the closeness of death, they act invincible. And we've stopped trying to convince them otherwise. Too exhausted, too ground down to even try anymore. And we just want everything to go back to the before times, before the pandemic. We, we long for normalcy, some sense of it at least, because we just feel so alone. The other day, I ventured down the street to the coffee shop that's just a block away from our house. I, I haven't really ventured out much. I, I feel like such a hermit, and my extroverted self is screaming at me. I stood outside in a short line to get in. Only three people are allowed in the coffee shop at a time. The guy in front of me made his way to the counter, and as I stood outside in the cold, waiting, 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 I thought, how long does it take to order a coffee? Waiting, waiting, waiting. Nearly ten minutes passed before he finally turned around and left. No coffee in his hand, no pastry, no cookie, no nothing. He just wanted some conversation and was willing to wait in line for 10 minutes to get it. How strange, I thought. But when I got inside, I found another gentleman standing at the bar with a coffee in hand, chatting it up with a barista, just hanging out and talking. He'd been there for at least 20 minutes and would be there for a lot longer after I left. We're so lonely right now. And we, we long for normalcy, to be free from this pain that simmers beneath our skin. We long to exit this wilderness and we're scouring the land for the fastest route to normal, taking whatever exit we can find. This wilderness is awful. It's absolutely awful. And yet this is where we find Jesus. Jesus was no stranger to the wilderness. He was quite literally led into it where he stayed for 40 days. The gospel writer Mark says that he was surrounded by wild animals and faced all manner of temptation. This is the wilderness. It's a place where you feel surrounded by all manner of evil that prowls in the dark, looking to devour you mind, body, and soul. Luke gives a more full accounting of what Jesus faced in the wilderness in Luke chapter 4. The temptations that he underwent, the challenges that he faced. And as I read through it, I couldn't help but think, man, at every turn, Jesus was offered the easy way out. Hungry? Here, turn these stones to bread and eat. In fact, better yet, turn all the stones to bread and end world hunger. You want influence? Power? Authority? You want to rule the world? Everything you see can all be yours. And Jesus balked. How about safety? protection, security. You can have it, and you can extend it to whomever you want. All the poor, the oppressed, the sick, and dying, you can protect them too, Jesus. And yet at each and every turn, as Jesus sat hungry, powerless, and in danger in the wilderness, he was offered the easy way out. Wave a hand, and you can make it all happen. 
He was offered normalcy, but more so, he was offered a better future for anyone. And he balked. And honestly, it feels a little offensive, right? That Jesus could have changed the world in one fell swoop like that, and he balked. He stayed the course. He didn't leave. He didn't walk out. He stayed. And I'd always wondered why. In, in fact, this passage, this story, is one of the more intriguing passages for me. The, the one that I chew on an awful lot. Why didn't Jesus take the easy way out? Why didn't he give up on suffering? Why didn't he end suffering? Why did he stay? Because if it were me, I would have made bread. If it were me, I'd get the protection from the wild animals and extend it to everyone else. If it were me, I'd want to walk out of the wilderness as a king. I think we all long to be free from this pain, don't we? Jesus was no different. He too wanted to be free from the pain, but he didn't take the easy way out. He stayed. And I think he stayed because of us. Now, stick with me on this for a moment. I, I, I think Jesus stayed in the wilderness because of us. He knew that in our hands, bread, power, security weren't the things that would save the world. They wouldn't help us out of the wilderness. Rather, they'd only force us deeper in. We'd, we'd simply hoard the bread in our greed, wield power with force and petulance. I, I mean... Just look at our current political scene for evidence of that. We'd use the power of protection to erect bigger walls with better security to keep everyone out, driving us further and further into the wilderness. Jesus stayed in the wilderness. He rejected the temptations of the world because he knew what would happen if that power was unleashed to a horde of individuals. He stayed because he knew what would happen, and he stayed because he knew the only way out was together. Together. You see, Jesus had the power to exit the wilderness of his own power by himself all alone, but he chose the better route because he knew we needed a different route. He stayed because he knew the only way out for us was together. When Tim handed me this book, there was a bookmark in there. A bookmark that for over 18 years I haven't ever moved. January 26th. Tim said to me, I want you to know that I marked a special passage for you. You may not understand it today, you may not understand it tomorrow, but one day, one day it'll all make sense. And there, in that moment, You'll finally see that in the wilderness, God was always there, coming to you like a stream in the desert. Letty Kalman wrote this book, and this is what she said. A great deal is said in the Bible about waiting for God. The lesson cannot be too strongly enforced. We easily grow impatient of God's delays. Much of our trouble in life comes out of our restless sometimes reckless haste. We cannot wait for the fruit to ripen, but insist on plucking it while it is green. 
We cannot wait for the answers to our prayers, although the things we ask for may require long years in their preparation for us. We are exhorted to walk with God, but oftentimes God walks very slowly. But there is another phase of the lesson. God often waits for us. God often waits for us. There in the wilderness, God is there. He is waiting, waiting for you to turn to him with outstretched arms. He's waiting. He's reaching. He's calling. I'm here. I'm right here because he knows that the only way out of this wilderness is together. We cannot dig our way out of this alone. He knows that we need him. Jesus stayed because he knew that we needed him. And there, in the midst of those 40 days, Jesus held on to the hand of God. He listened to God's Spirit, and he transformed the wilderness. You see, the only way out of the wilderness is to turn to turn towards him and see his outstretched hand and to reach back, hold on tight and allow him to guide us through. That's what this Lenten rule and rhythm that we're engaging in as a community is for. It's what we began on Ash Wednesday and what you can still start today. The Ash Wednesday liturgy is still up on the site and it will be through Lent. And maybe this afternoon, you take a moment to walk through that liturgy in your wilderness and reach out your hand to grab the hand of God. But, you know, I think there's another type of together for us to consider as well. The Scottish minister Alexander McLaren once said, Each of us may be sure that if God sends us on stony paths or into the wilderness, he will provide us with strong shoes, and He will not send us out on any journey for which He does not equip us well. You see, we may be in this wilderness, but God has given us the proper hiking boots to walk in. But more than that, He has given us each other in this community called United. I am continually amazed at how each of you came to be a part of this community. It wasn't by accident, that's for sure. Sure, you, you may have stumbled across the website or had a friend say, you should check this church out. You may have seen a sign or a web ad or picked up one of those little you'll never walk alone cards off a coffee shop table and decided to check this place out. But it wasn't by accident. You see, we are not alone in this wilderness. God has gifted us each other. He has given us to each other for such a wilderness march as this. And while the loneliness is setting in, while the darkness and the cold and the wet of the winter is forcing us further and further into our cocoons, as God calls out to us, I am here, I am waiting, He also points behind us and He says, they are too. They're waiting for you too. You see, the only way out of this wilderness is together. And I know, I know, I know, I know that there's a fear that sits under the surface, that simmers under our skin. It eats away at our hearts and gnaws at our minds. A fear that whispers, you're not wanted. You're not good enough. 
or interesting enough or fun enough or helpful enough or woke enough or special enough to be wanted by others. These whispers grow louder and louder, causing us to shrink more and more into the blanket of loneliness that hides us from sight. And so we have to be more proactive, more intentional in this space. We have to take some initiative in the wilderness to stand up to the whispers of doubt, to shout down the calls of unworthiness. We, we each have to light a beacon and draw nearer to one another, calling out, I'm over here. I see you. Can you see me? We have to link arms and together reach out to grab the hand of God. Because the only way out of this wilderness is together. And we will not leave anyone behind. So light your beacon. Send out that text. The one that you've been meaning to send but haven't done yet. Talk to that person in our community that you haven't talked to in a while. Pick up the phone and actually give someone a call. Phone call. They're not always bad news, by the way. I don't know how we've drilled that into our heads. Light your beacon and reach out to one another. Join together in this rule and rhythm because we're all in this wilderness and the only way we'll get out is together. With God and with one another. Together. So my friends, reach out your hand. Grasp the hand of God that is reaching out to you with all his might. He is there and he's waiting for you. And with, with your other hand, reach back to someone else, to the one who is drowning right next to you. Reach back with all of your might and with all of your intention. Reach out to someone else. And together, let us form a chain of love, a bond of hope, because the only way out of this wilderness is together. Let us leave no one behind and walk forward together because you'll never walk. Thank you for listening to this week's homily. If you're in Seattle, we'd love for you to join us at 1316 Third Avenue West in Queen Anne. If you'd like to support our efforts, please visit unitedchurch.gives to partner with us financially. Be in peace and God bless.